all you need to do is set an intention. Like that's it. And that is the key. And I was like, Oh, okay. And it really hit me in that moment, even after all of the reading and teaching that I had consumed, I was like, Oh, and it really put the power back with me. And I think that's what I had been lacking in that season of my life. Um, and I think that that's what intention for me has, why it's been so powerful. And so whether it's to start the day before a conversation, before we do an interview with almost 30, before we have a phone call with a potential publisher, partner, what have you, we are always setting intentions. Hi, I'm Lauren Vaknin, and you're listening to the Reconditioned Podcast. I created this podcast following my journey from severe disability since infancy to complete wellness as a way to share my passion of healing the whole self. Because I learned in my own journey to wellness and through my two decades in the wellness industry that it makes no difference what you're here to heal. It all requires the same whole person approach. We tackle everything from trauma, health optimization, and neuroplasticity to manifestation, holistic parenting, and everything in between to help you create an optimized life of well-being, abundance, self-mastery, and purpose. You're not meant to live a life of stagnation and you're not meant to be just fine. So hang around and let me help you recondition your life back to wholeness. Welcome back, everyone. Um, I am so excited for you to hear this episode that I've just recorded with Krista and Lindsay from the Almost 30 podcast. If you haven't listened to their podcast, it's great. It's like just covers everything within spirituality and wellness. And I was so excited to talk to them because I love what they do. And I love I've kind of watched their evolution from when they started this podcast, which was the transition period between their 20s and 30s, which is why it's called Almost 30. And so it was, but it was, it went so much deeper. I mean, I knew it would go deep because these are deep girls like who have done a lot of inner growth work. But what we did was take it to places that when you guys listen to this, you're going to feel so supported in so many topics and so many areas of your lives. So we spoke about the Saturn return and that time kind of between your 20s and 30s where you are pushed towards this energetic death and this shedding and so many changes that so many of us feel around that time. And within that, we then went on to kind of the shedding of friendships, the evolution of friendships, what it means when you're being forced to kind of move out of friendships that are no longer serving you, even if that's really hard. And the same with relationships, leaving relationships that might feel safe, but you know in your heart aren't right. And what that means for your spiritual evolution. And we went deep into energetic deaths and the ego death and what that actually means. And we spoke about running a business intentionally. intentionally and um, everything kind of within relationships and the girls speak to that from their own experience and generally kind of the spiritual evolution and what that means when you're coming to this work and you're starting on this spiritual growth journey and kind of the trajectory of that and the things you have to let go of, the things you have to start, the things you have to end and, and kind of how to fulfill yourself on that journey. And we also spoke about the power of intention, which kind of solidifies and brings everything, all of it together. And we also touched on Krista went to a darkness retreat when you, where you're in complete, utter, pitch black darkness for three to five days. And so that was incredible to hear about. Honestly, these girls are so nice to talk to. They're so fun and easy, but also so 
knowledgeable and deep and you can see that they've truly done the work and they're trying to come from this place of real honest intention and integrity and I love that and I could have spoken to them for so long. So you're going to love this episode and episode 111, it's special (laughs) if you're into numerology, which I am, and it's the last episode of the season as well. I'm going to be taking a little short break just so I can recalibrate myself (laughs) and my business and the podcast and my children and all the things in my life that sometimes need a bit of time for me to focus on because everything is so busy and so full on all the time. But before I leave you with that, don't forget that the Uncover Your Purpose Challenge is back very soon. It is back on the 27th of March, so like it was last time, but this time it's even bigger, even better. For those of you who took part last time, you'll know it was amazing. For those who didn't, if you're new here, the Uncover Your Purpose Challenge is something I run three times a year. It is a masterclass that runs over three days. All you have to do is dedicate 30 minutes of time per day to it, and it's completely free for you to enter. You just have to decide to dedicate the 30 minutes per day. And it's all about uncovering your purpose. And we go into identity and shadow and manifestation and everything that allows a woman to truly move out of that place of being stuck and unhappy and into her true authentic purpose. So like I said, it's completely free. All you have to do is just go to the show notes of this episode and uh, click on the link there to register your spot. If you can't make each one of them live, you can watch the replays. That's also okay. Obviously try and come to them live at the end on the Thursday, which is day four. So each of the three days we're meeting at 12.30, but on the Thursday we're meeting at 7.30 p.m. UK time. And on the Thursday I will announce the winners because if you take part in the challenge, you have a chance to win a scholarship place on the Recondition Your Life Academy, which opens for enrollment that night, the Thursday night, as well as loads of other amazing prizes. Last year the women were so so um, overwhelmed with all the prizes that I gave away. So it's super exciting. So please do get involved, register your spot. It's completely free and it is super expansive. So that is all my news and we will be back uh, in April with a new incredible season with some incredible guests that I've got lined up. And I'm still over on Instagram all the time. So you can come and catch me there. And I'm on the TikTok now as well if you want to find me. Um, So thank you for being here. And here are Krista and Lindsay. Something that's always been a challenge for me, and I know it is for most people I speak to, is fitting in time for all the spiritual and self-development practices I want to do. You know, I want to meditate and I want to do breath work and yoga and I want to walk in nature, and connect with my guides, and you know, all the things. I want to do all the things every day, but I'm a mom, and I run a business, and you know, yada yada, and even as someone who really does put this stuff first, it's pretty impossible to fit it all in. So the one thing that really has helped me over the past year is the Sensate. It's a piece of health tech that fits in the palm of your hand, And it basically sends infrasonic waves through the chest to activate the vagus nerve and calm the autonomic nervous system. And you use it while playing the specially composed audio within the app, which is gorgeous. Really, it's pretty genius. The whole thing's pretty genius. And honestly, at the moment with my days being more full on than they've ever been since my kids starting a school that's quite far away and me being in the car so much, using the Sensate is the one thing I know will work on 
so many aspects of my well-being all at once. So even if I haven't had time to do any other practices during the day, I lie down at night and I use the Sensate for 10 to 20 minutes before I sleep and it reduces cortisol levels, so that's going to be good for my immune system. It calms my brainwave state, so I know I'm going to get good optimized sleep. It calms anxiety and because of how it activates the vagus nerve, it also deepens the meditation that I can do at that point. So I can kind of do all that in one go and lose that overwhelm of, oh my God, I haven't done enough today when it comes to my self-development and spiritual practice. And I also take it with me everywhere I go. So if I've got 10 minutes in the car while I'm waiting for the school gates to open, I can just do it then without the pressure of knowing that meditation would probably be a bit challenging for me in that state to transition into it when I'm probably in heightened brainwave states at that moment. So for me, generally, it's been pretty life-changing. And if what I spoke about resonates with you, you can get £30 off the Sensate by visiting getsensate.com and using code Lauren30. So that's getsensate, G-E-T-S-E-N-S-A-T-E dot com, Lauren30. Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsick are the hosts of the hugely successful Almost 30 podcast, which was hailed by iHeartRadio as the best wellness podcast and best spirituality podcast. Krista and Lindsay are impactful founders, spiritual leaders, and creatives. They lead heart-centered, real, raw, and insightful conversations on everything from modern spirituality to health and wellness, aliens to entrepreneurship, and mental health to self-development. So welcome, ladies. Thank you. We're excited to be here. Always love hearing our bio. I'm like, oh, we should update. <laughs> I know. Or I'm always like, what version is that? Because know, there's like... a different bio every few months. Like, you know, sometimes we're like, it's just changes all the time. So when you're reading, I'm always like waiting on bated breath. Like what is in that bio? <laughs> I know. And I always think like when I write a bio for something specific and like, you know, you've got your kind of all your blurbs and your team know where they are. And then you don't go back and you write it and you're like, yeah, this sounds really good. And then they use it for something. You come back to it. You're like, no, I need to update that. But like a month ago, you thought it was great. Never mind. To to us listening, it sounds great. (laughs) The online world, I feel like that happens all the time. You do a new website and you're like a year later, you're like, I'm sick of this. You know, I think that with with photos, Yes. anytime I take photos, I'm like the day I'm like, these are amazing. And then two weeks later, I'm like, oh, Right. Like when you're doing brand photos and like, and then you just constantly need new ones. Like people who like family members who really aren't kind of in the online world at all. They're like, why do you need another shoot? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just so sick of the old photos. And I look different. Mm -hmm. I feel different. That's all you need to know. That's evolution, isn't it? And I think like, as you evolve emotionally, spiritually, you kind of need to reflect that in any images you're putting out to the world. Very true. 100%. So I always start the podcast by asking the same question, which is what have you done so far today to support your wellness? So Krista, I'll go with you first and then we'll go with Lindsay and then we'll get into all the good stuff. Today to support my wellness, let's see. Um, I went on a walk, like a good long walk and I Mm -hmm. talked to a friend, which was really nice. So I got out in nature by the water and I was going to do it solo and just kind of like cruise in my own thoughts, but I had a friend call. So It was connection with myself for a little bit, walking alone and then connection with someone I love and then connection in nature, which is so important to me. And walking is such a huge part of my life. 
Lindsay and I go on walks all the time. I know Lindsay, it's a huge part of her life too. And I think walking has been something that has been really transformational for my mind, body, and soul, and is something that's really accessible to people. So highly recommend walking as like a spiritual practice, a physical practice, just incorporating it in your day. Absolutely. I'm exactly like walking is my, my biggest, I actually did an Instagram story about it yesterday. I did this whole thing about, you know, sometimes you have that feeling of overwhelm of all the things you need to be doing for your spiritual and growth practice. And it's like so many things. And a lot of, I'm a mom and a lot of my, my audience are mums. And a lot of my clients will go to me. I don't know what to choose. Like there's too many things and I want to do it all. And I did this, I was walking in the woods. I walk in the woods most days. And I just did this video before I kind of put my phone away and was like, do you know what? Today, I don't have time to do anything else. I will do breath work before I go to bed because that's my absolute non-negotiable. I don't have time to do anything else, but I'm in the woods walking in nature. That is a meditation in itself. Hugged a tree, spoke mm-hmm. to a tree. You know, there were some pigs. I spoke to the pigs. <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. That's a meditation. Like that is, that's enough some days, you know? Yeah. You're speaking my language, talking to plants, talking to trees, like is my jam. And, you know, there's a lot of research around the benefits of uh, forest bathing. So the Japanese Mm. call it forest bathing, which is walking in nature. So us people in the city, it can be really powerful to get outside of course, when you're living in places like LA or New York or Chicago, but there's a lot of research around actually being in nature and the benefits for your mind and body of walking amongst trees. Yeah. Well, the Japanese have it as part of their, um, they have something in their health insurance that allows people to like leave work to go forest bathing or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, <laughs> they do, cool. right? <laughs> they do. Lindsay, what about you? This morning I woke up and I have like a huge kind of obnoxious disorganized pile of books next to my bed. And I usually choose like two or three and I just take them to my couch and I'll read like a few pages of each. Um, usually it's like you know, one spiritual, one is, um, fiction, and then one is like more health-based. Um, and I just lately, it's been nice to just consume in that way, just learn Mm. something by my own choice rather than consuming on Instagram and being bombarded with things that I don't even know are coming at me. Um, and then I did like, I went and did a group workout, which was fun. And I, yeah, I was feeling like super energized. So it was nice to just kind of feel that like strength and then being with people is always nice. I Mm. I really enjoy a group workout. It motivates me. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Awesome. Okay. So for anyone who hasn't heard of you guys and your amazing podcast, which I'm sure a lot of people have, because it's huge and it's brilliant. Um, the reason I wanted to chat to you guys is because your journeys and I'm talking about your personal journeys and your journey within your businesses in the podcast have been really interesting and very expansive to watch as someone who's kind of listened to your podcast for quite a while. And I think for anyone kind of embarking on a spiritual or growth journey now, I think it's really expansive to hear about how it went for you guys. And I was saying to Krista, when we came on before we started recording, the thing I love about Almost 30 is it's not niche like it covers a lot. And that's what Recondition does. I wanted a hub for all things wellness and growth and not just niche topics within that. So I want to start with kind of what's the mission of your work and of Almost 30 and how has it changed to when you started? What's the trajectory of that been like? 
That's like yeah, seven questions in one. No, no, no. It was good. Sometimes Lindsay and I are just kind of like, okay, who's got this one? Um, <laughs> psychically. <laughs> yeah, psychically. We're like kind of like thinking about each other's <laughs> answers and what the answers are going to be. Um, so the mission of almost 30 is to support people in their conscious evolution and to help them feel less alone. So Lindsay and I started the podcast at a moment where we felt really lost in our journeys. We felt like you know, we didn't know a lot of answers to really big questions. And we didn't feel like we were living a life that we loved. We didn't feel like we were living an expansive, full, rich, joyful, peaceful life. We kind of felt like we were living lives that maybe our parents had wanted us to live, or maybe society had wanted, had wanted us to live. And we wanted to go further than that. And our connection was so um, special and magical when we met, we just became really fast friends and it felt like we were almost dating. You know, we started recording on our closet floors and it was like this beautiful exploratory conversation that it feels like sometimes when you're dating, you're like, oh my gosh, mm. that story about you or this thing about you or this thing about me that you're bringing up. And through the years, it's, you know, stayed the same pretty much. We've covered so many different topics and so many different um, themes and ideas, but we really wanted to keep that foundation of helping people feel less alone and supporting them in their conscious evolution. And we realize now that that's the Saturn return. And that is the time in your twenties to your thirties, where your prefrontal cortex is coming online. You're really developing a sense of self that's going to stand with you and be with you for the rest of your life. And around the niche thing, you know, that's something that I'm so grateful you mentioned because I think there's a part of me that is kind of like, oh my gosh, we should be more niche. Mm. We should be, you know, <laughs> I think we're always kind of looking at grass is always greener. So sometimes I see my friends who are so successful in niches and I get a little jealous. I'm like, oh my gosh, if I just was a niche person, you know, if yeah. we just were niche people, we would be so successful. And you kind of look at everyone else as having the answer or having the path or having the way. And we always have to remember that, you know, our blueprint is something that's the most important and Carl Jung always talks about how if the path is clear, then it's someone else's blueprint. And for us, we always wanted to create a path and blueprint that was unique to us and that we could really create and follow on our own. And that's been really beautiful and given us so much success and depth of our relationship and our team and impact. But it's also meant it's hard. You know, it's also meant that we had to pave a way for creating sort of a lane for women to get paid to podcast or women mm -hmm. to get paid to be themselves or women to get paid to be in community with other women. And, you know, we have our community of almost 30 that really formed around us without our intention of it forming. And that was another thing that really made us different along this path of wanting to help people feel less alone meant that we had a community of women that feel less alone in their journey. So it's been really, really beautiful. And it's also had really hard moments, but I'm so grateful that Lindsay and I have each other through it all to support, you know, ourselves in this really beautiful wild path that we're on. What have been some of those hard moments? And also like, do you argue ever? Do you have differences of opinion? <laughs> yeah. So I'll answer that second question first. Um, you know, it's really, it's so nice. I think our friendship has served as, you know, a practice ground and really like a, for me, a modeling of the type of friendship that I want to have. Mm -hmm. So we have been supported through the years by therapists and coaches, um, in order to connect and communicate in the best way we can in order to 
both feel seen and heard and then also see and, and hear the other person. So I really, you know, I'm so thankful that, you know, we have that, those skills and also the awareness, you know, I think awareness is so key in an intimate relationship like this, whether it's friendship, family, Mm -hmm. or, um, romantic. And, um, I have an awareness of what I'm bringing to conversations, you know, whether it's like my limiting beliefs, or maybe I have a preconceived notion of how it should go or how it can't go. And I just have, both of us have that awareness. And so we're able to speak to that in conversation without it running the conversation unconsciously. Um, so we don't really fight, you know, we've had our moments, we've had definitely seasons of, just discomfort and tension because things weren't being spoken. Mm -hmm. But once we were able to communicate clearly and from our hearts, you know, just everything opened up. Um, and it's just been really, really great. You know, almost 30 to us is like her own energy, her own entity. And oftentimes she will give us, you know, nudges or signs that it's time to up level. And oftentimes that means that parts of us have to dissolve or kind of die uh, or parts of the business. And that's hard, you know, Mm -hmm. like as much as we this recently, we're not always so open to change and what that really means. So it's really important that we lean in together to the call for change. And oftentimes we balance the experience out. You know, if Krista has more fears about something, oftentimes I kind of take the role of being more rooted in like the vision and vice versa. So it's those moments, those moments of Mm -hmm. growth and that we know we're going to be incredibly expansive. Those end up being in the moment, like really challenging. I love that. And it kind of First of all, I love that you've had therapy together. That's amazing. <laughs> um, I think when you're on a growth journey, both of you, and you know, from the things that you speak about on your podcast, you know, you've gone deep into your growth and your growth journey, your spiritual evolution. When you're doing that alongside someone, it makes it so much easier than like I know with my husband, it took him a long time to come to it, but he's on the same journey now. And so we speak in the same language. Like if we have an argument, we'll talk about where that's coming from in his shadow or mine, you know, or why that's triggering us. Or he'll go, okay, I'm just going to go, let's do a breath work together. And then I'm going to go and journal. And we have the same terminology. We can talk in the same language. And I think it's so hard if you're in one place and someone, because we're all completely different, right? You're going to have different makeups and different ways of different horoscopes and human design and all of that that's going to make you so different but essentially if you're speaking the same language you get to understand someone from their own perspective and be able to integrate that into to making that work in business and relationships and whatever it is so it seems to me that just because you're both on that deep spiritual evolution that growth journey it makes it so much easier for you to have that comfortable exchange in the discomfort Yeah, I would say that's really true. And what I would also say for people listening is that being on that journey doesn't also mean that the other person's going to be on that journey either. Mm. So it's really beautiful that Lindsay and I have met each other along the way. You know, maybe there's moments where she's a little bit further than me. 
I need to catch up. She needs to catch up. I need to catch up. But I've also had relationships where being on that journey actually doesn't bring more closeness. It actually Mm -hmm. doesn't bring, you know, the relationship forward. So for anyone listening, you know, you have to be focused firstly on your path and your evolution and your growth Mm -hmm. and trust that the people that are meant to grow with you will grow with you and will be with you alongside the journey. And I'm so grateful that Lindsay and I have been able to grow, you know, in a way that's just given us more depth and given us more intimacy and given us more freedom and given us more sovereignty even but I just have to say that a lot of relationships can't survive that. You know, they won't be able to survive that. And prioritizing your own path should be number one. And that that's not selfish. It's in the best interest of all. Because mm-hmm. if you're not prioritizing your own path, then you're going to be inauthentic to yourself, which isn't doesn't serve anyone else. Mm. And I guess you're speaking to that with quite re- recent experience <laughs> yes. in your own life, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Has that been like an energetic death for you right now, letting go? Yeah. So we're talking about my separation from my partner of 10 years. And that has felt like, yes, I wouldn't say, I think it's been very slow and long and um, incredibly painful for a while, but now incredibly liberating and expansive and gracious and, you know, graceful. So it's felt, it hasn't felt like a death per se. It's felt like a transformation because Mm. we're still friends and we're still super cordial and we're still really cool. And we're still the parents to two cats. (laughs) And so it's something I never thought would be possible, but I'm, I'm really grateful that I've had this experience of a true conscious uncoupling where we have been, you know, in support of each other's highest growth and expansion, which means that we're not going to be on the same path together as partners. Um, So I do have very, very good experience with it. And saying that, you know, it sounds all beautiful and it sounds like sunshine and rainbows, which it's been really nice, but it took a long time to get there. It took a long time for me to release expectations I had of someone, of him to be something that I wanted him to be and for him, to, me to be something he wanted me to be. And it was really painful, um, but we were both out of our authenticity by having those expectations and by really trying to pull each other out of our authentic way of being to still stay together. And once we were able to release that expectation and that hope and that desire and that gripping, we were able to be much better humans, even meant, even though it meant that we were both on our own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So much in that. I think, you know, a lot of women I speak to, um, are in these kind of relationships and not necessarily abusive, but it's just, it's, it's run its course. It's had its day. And there's the fear in leaving, right? The fear of the unknown, this is safe. And I've always found in my life through any any kind of big transformation in my life, it has had to be an energetic death. It has had to be a big shedding process. And it's almost really hard to kind of advise someone on that because everyone has to come to it in their own time, right? And for some people, it's not their journey. For some people, actually, in this lifetime, maybe they are meant to have that life of settling and they're meant to learn from that in the next life. But do you have any advice? And Lindsay, I know also you speak a lot about the sacredness of being single. So do you have any advice for that woman, the woman who's in the marriage or relationship that's turned stagnant? There's no like ill feeling that the guy's not treating her badly or they're just, there's nothing there anymore. Like, what would you say to that? I'll let Krista speak first and then I can speak on it. Thank goodness. 
So what I would first say is that you have to be in your own process and you have to allow yourself to go through whatever it is you're going through. And you have to feel like you're ready to make the decision that you're going to make, whether that's to fully commit or whether that's to leave. And I think so many of us have this fake clarity that we either give ourselves or that we want rather than really allowing ourselves to have honest confusion. And I think for a long time that I was in confusion, you know, it was months and months of confusion, true, honest confusion. Maybe there was a kernel of knowing, but it was really honest confusion of what is mine, what is theirs, what is meant for my growth, what is unaligned and what is just hard about relationships. And I had to explore all of that. And so allowing yourself to be in a phase of honest confusion and be an exploration of what is happening. Why is this showing up for you? What are the lessons that are here for you? What can you not bring with you to another relationship? I was using the last six months or even year of my relationship as this foundation or as this playground for all of the things that I was bringing to the relationship, which was codependency, which was control, which was, you know, these different aspects of what I had brought to create the situation that I was in. How can I take radical responsibility for that and really look at this like, What is here for me? What has been created for me? So use it as that. Use it as the foundation for your growth. And then also, you know, I think there's a lot of people that do stay in relationships because they have a lot of fear and because maybe they're afraid of the unknown or maybe they're afraid of starting over. But what I know and what has really landed for me in my heart is that doing hard things that are aligned for your soul and listening to the call of your soul is the most the best feeling in the world. There's nothing better in the world, truly. Mm -hmm. You know, even if your call is to be a mother, you know, answering that call to be a mother and then being able to have a child or answering the call to start a business or answering the call to whatever, it's just like the most liberating feeling. And it really has given me so much clarity because I don't care what anyone else says or how anyone else feels. I don't care if I never meet someone else. I don't care if I you know, do whatever. I know that I made the best decision for me and the best decision for him. Mm -hmm. And as the last thing I would say is that a lot of times women are in this phase and feeling, and I think that we overlook how much the other partner could be feeling. And in my case, I sort of, you know, led a lot of our journey, but I also realized that my partner felt very similarly to me but couldn't express it or didn't have the courage or, you know, might've been scared. So I would say that oftentimes when women feel this way, when we feel like we're not getting our needs met, or we feel like we're not being fulfilled, or we feel like there's less vitality and energy in a relationship than we desire or want. I think that the partners oftentimes are feeling something too. Mm -hmm. And so kind of taking the pressure off for you being the person that's going to have to you know, lead a conversation that you might not feel like it's well-received. Oftentimes both parties have some feeling that something is off and there's an opportunity for both of you there to really really step forward, to step in, to lean in, or to make changes that potentially could lead you to um, exploring what life would be like outside of the relationship. If you've been listening for a while, you'll know about the Recondition Your Life Academy. It's everything you hear about on this podcast and more, complete holistic healing and integration, but 
condensed into an online course format so that women can have everything they need to heal, find their purpose, and align themselves on their spiritual development all in one place. That was the purpose of it. Now, I only open the Academy for enrollment three times a year, and it's about to launch on the 30th of March. So I wanted to give listeners a little heads up. Inside the Academy, you'll have access to modules that cover everything from inner child healing, shadow work, trauma healing, self-love, divine feminine, ancestral healing, brain training, female hormone optimization, purpose coaching, meditation training. I mean, this is just a snippet of what you'll get all alongside the inner circle of fellow Academy members. Now, you don't have to be overwhelmed by the amount of content I just mentioned. You will have lifetime access to everything, so you can get to whichever part you want to whenever you feel called to do so. And this includes bonus modules, guest lessons, meditations, downloads, audios. I mean, everything you can imagine to help you on your healing and growth journey. All you need to know is that if you are looking to heal, and that means heal from anything, right? So negative thought patterns, trauma, relationships, physical health, even if you wanna heal your body image or your relationship with money even, all of it. If you wanna heal, you wanna find your purpose, you wanna be aligned on your spiritual evolution, have someone to hold your hand through it and do it all within community, the Recondition Your Life Academy is there for you. That's what I created it for. It's my life's work in one place, and it's changed countless women's lives. And like I said, it's only open for enrollment for one week. So if you're hearing this in real time, head to laurenvacneen.co.uk forward slash academy, where you can see everything you need to know about what you'd get from this course. What I can tell you you will get is a sense of joy and purpose back, alignment in all aspects of your life, and an inner circle of like-minded women. Really, it's so much more than a course. It is a lifestyle. And I just hope to welcome you within the community really soon. I always say it's like the, um, I know it's so cliche, but it's like the butterfly, right? Like the caterpillar doesn't know that she's just fine, right? She's fine, a quote unquote fine. And, and it's a mediocre life that she's fine with. She's like <laughs> moving along, eating some leaves, moving along the tree branch. But in order to up level, she has to go into the darkness and she has to cocoon herself in this darkness. And it's not easy. It's not comfortable. It's really freaking hard. But then she comes out as something completely incredible, you know, more than what she'd ever experienced or was able to even um, conceive of when she was the caterpillar. And so before you allow yourself to go into that energetic death fully to allow for the rebirth, you can't see what's going to be on the other side, but it's having that trust that what's on the other side, if you're following your true path is going to be meant for you. So Lindsay, let's talk about the sacredness of being single. Cause I love this topic so much. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. Just kind of piggybacking off of what you were just talking about, what Krista was talking about. I do have a lot of women in the sacredness program who come in, who are actually in relationship Mm -hmm. and they've found themselves in this knowing that though they are in a relationship, 
they feel as though they have either abandoned themselves in this relationship, or they feel the call to explore what it would be like to be on their own for a bit, to really get to know themselves, um, without the context of being in a relationship. And, um, I just find that to be so telling of just this Mm -hmm. deep call that I feel like every single woman on the planet has at Mm -hmm. some point in her life to walk back to herself, to her soul, to her center. And it's from that place that then we can really be in conscious, beautiful, transformative relationships. doesn't mean they're easy, but it means that you are in a conscious relationship rather than bringing your unconscious uh, patterns, beliefs into a situation. And it just gets really messy and lonely. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a relationship and I've had many that I want to be in anymore, but the sacredness of being single was born in the wake of a period of time where I was single for seven years, just about. Um, and during that time I did date, you know, I had kind of those periods of numbing out on the dating apps and just trying to validate uh, myself through dating. Um, but I was quick to find out actually not quick about halfway through, maybe three years in that this period of time was incredibly purposeful and was going to change my life if I chose it. Mm -hmm. And so what started out as a lot of numbing, drinking, going out, partying, um, going on a ton of dates, settling for poor behavior, um, turned into this just really beautiful commitment to myself, um, where I started like dating myself and it's something that we talk about in the program and it sounds a little cheesy, but there's an intimacy with self that I think a lot of us are scared to engage in, you know, it's like, what will I find there? You know, what does she really feel? What does she really have to say? Or do I even really like her? And what I found in dating myself was that there are parts of me that I had like locked up and put away and kind of dimmed because the people I were, I was dating really didn't appreciate those parts of me. And once I like unlocked the box and I started to like sift through these parts of me that I had put away for so long, I was like, Oh my gosh, like I love those parts. And it made me sad at first. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I would ever do that. Um, but then I, I started to like welcome them back in and welcome them in a big way, like have them lead me places and lead me to experiences and people. Um, and it just became honestly like the most transformative period in my life. And what I know to be the foundation for really healthy relationships I have in my life now, um, including my husband. So it's, you know, for me, I'm, I'm really humbled by the work because every time we have new people come into the program, every, everyone's story is different. It's very unique, but there's these beautiful common threads of having this soul call and not everyone knows what that is, like what that feeling is necessarily, but they keep getting pulled. And so within this container, within this community, we're able to kind of name that 
and feel safe to name that and follow that. So yeah, it's just been a really, a really beautiful, um, creation that came through me, but that is now kind of doing its thing out in the world. I also think something I've always believed in is how can you choose the right person for you when you don't yet know you Mm. is like such a huge thing. No one teaches us this growing up. Like my mom's really switched on and she's, you know, I've been with spiritual healers my whole life and the rest of it. But even my mom never said to me, Hey, before you choose a partner, make sure you get to know you. I'm fortunate because my husband and I have gone on a growth journey together. Um, although it took him a while to want to come to it and it was nearly make him, you know, it was nearly break for a while. And I've spoken about this. He's been on the podcast. We've done an episode together all about his growth journey and kind of our evolution into like conscious union. So I'm fortunate that that happened, but in most, you know, many occasions that doesn't happen. Like you, you, you just, you either grow apart, one grows and one doesn't, you know, or if you're really lucky, you grow together. But the idea is that I went on this journey of growth while we were already together. We've been together for nearly 13 years. And, 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 you know, I was kind of in the midst of trying to heal myself. And so through my journey towards healing, I had to go on this deep journey of, you know, self-discovery. And then I was like, oh, wow, I probably like would have done things so differently because how can you choose a partner until you know yourself? And it's so simple, but I feel like this is a lesson that all of us need, not just women, men as well. You know, we all need to hear and we need to teach our children to really get to know themselves before they choose a partner. It's just seems so simple. And that's why I think the Saturn return period is so profound, you know, us, like many people, I think our age or around their, this age felt like they needed to, I'll speak for myself, be married by the time we were 27, 28, have kids by the time we're 30 and da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. And I think back and I'm like, oh my gosh, like how did our parents, my parents got married at like 26. I'm thinking about when I was 26 and how much I've grown from 26 to 30 and then 30 to where I am now at 35. Like, oh my goodness. Like the fact that, yeah, it's just something I think about a lot. And I always encourage people moving through, especially their Saturn return. I'm like, y'all, there's light on the other side. (laughs) You will know yourself so much better and you will be clear about choosing. Maybe it's a partner, but but maybe it's just a date, you know, and kind of like feeling through it rather than with your eyes and your expectations and these like kind of subconscious beliefs that you have, um, because the Saturn return period is meant to really shake things up so that you can get into better alignment. It's a very serious period. People, it's not like cute. It's not like, Hey, over here, here's alignment. It's like, it will totally rock your world. Yeah. Um, but the purpose is to bring you into better alignment. Yeah, my Saturn return, I remember. And at the time I, I didn't know that it, I was in my Saturn return and it was literally 29, like still being, you know, not fully out the wheelchair, going into, you know, flare ups and then getting better and then going to flare ups and falling out with two of my best friends, one who was meant to be a bridesmaid at my wedding. And I remember that, you know, the moment that we all have like sitting in a corner 
on the floor and it was in the floor of my laundry room and I was sitting on the corner my husband was trying to get me up from the floor and I was like I can't my life is over like I'd lost these two people who I'd grown up with and actually that had to happen my my journey of growth the, the trajectory that I went on from there could not have happened with those people in my life um and no disrespect to them we speak now and, and I love them dearly but we were on different paths you know and there were so many things going on with my health with friendships like and that was literally I was 29 it was spot on Saturn return and I can look at that and go that so needed to happen the universe pushed pushed that to happen you know yeah, I think sometimes with those friendship breakups you know, these friends, especially ones that we've had for a long time, you know, the ones we grew up with, the ones that have seen us for most of our lives, it can be hard to expand into the person that you want to be or the person you see for yourself or to transform when you have people that are continuing to project the idea onto you of who you are, what kind of person you are, what kind of things you do. And what happens, especially with women is we kind of keep each other in like a check, you know, where it's like, okay, don't get too big. Don't shine too much. Don't mm. do that thing. You know, we can, we can really be, you know, kind of psychically holding each other back a lot of times. And we don't mean it. A lot of times it's out of our own fear. A lot of times it's unconscious, but I found that too, where I had to allow my transitions and the evolutions of my friendships just happen. And it was really hard for me for a long time. Cause I'm someone that like really holds on to people. I really love people deeply. And I really, um, would oftentimes adjust who I was to hold the friendship over really prioritizing myself. So I think it's really actually a beautiful thing when you transition out of those relationships and friendships and really choose yourself and choose your own path because you can recalibrate your energy and you can recalibrate your life without the influence of other in a way that feels good for you. And then you can choose to have the friendships and relationships in your life if that still aligns when you're at your new frequency and when mm. you're on your new timeline. Do you feel like in your journey, and this is for both of you, um, that when that's happened to you energetically, like you say, you then operate on a different frequency. And I know a lot of people listening to this have these experiences where they know they're going through that, that shedding process. They're having to purge a lot from their lives. And it's so scary. It's the same with the relationships, you know, women wanting to leave her husband or her partner or the woman going, these friends are no longer serving me. Have you found that when you do shift into that new frequency, you then manifest those new friendships towards yourself? Because I've found that. Yeah, I would say that for sure. And what I've, you know, I think moving to Los Angeles was the best thing for me in so many different ways. You know, I where did you move from? I was living in New York City. So I was in New York City and I was in Chicago before. I had amazing friends in both places, but in LA, it really allowed me to sort of expand into the person I was and then have people meet me or meet people at the frequency of my expansion, meet people at the frequency of um, being an entrepreneur, being a dreamer, being someone that kind of thinks outside the box, being someone that has different priorities than I think the friends I was hanging out with before in Chicago and New York. So having the change of location almost gave me an excuse to connect with people that were actually more aligned for me from a soul level. But I think as far as my friendships go, you know, I had to heal a lot of my mother wound and I had to heal a lot of me to call in the friends that I have now 
and to really be in intimate relationships with people that I love and to really be seen and held by people that I love. And also to be around women that are incredibly powerful. You know, the women that I am friends with are no joke. They are doing things that are changing the world. They are the most powerful people in the game. And it's like, it's a huge, it's not easy all the time. You know, I mm-hmm. definitely have moments where I'm like, um, am I meant to be here? Like, is this, oh, they're doing this. Should I do this? You know, there's imposter syndrome that comes up. So when you do magnetize the friendships that you want and have the relationships that seem really beautiful and amazing, there's a lot of work that goes on internally to really quiet that part of you. That's like, yeah, they're more successful than you. You know, they're too cool. They probably don't like you for this. You know, there's a conversation that's had internally and a lot of healing that I had to do to be able to hold the type of big relationships that I have in my life. But I feel so grateful because now I feel more secure and more seen than ever in the relationships that I have. And I think my friendships are one of the things that I'm, you know, most proud of in my life. Mm -hmm. And I think with the friendship breakups, for me, it was so much about, again, like meeting those parts of myself that I feel like I would um, neglect or abandon in those particular relationships. At the top of 2022, I had a few relationships, a few friendships, um, just kind of come to a head and dissolve like within a matter of like two weeks. And it was so interesting because I have like two parts of me, Gemini moon, where I'm like, am I a bad person? What did I do wrong? Should I be working on this in this relationship? And for one of those, that was true. But then there's this, also this part of me that just knows that my intuition has been telling me something for quite a while. And I've been settling for a friendship or a dynamic or behavior that really doesn't serve me. And perhaps these friendships, these relationships had like a reason and a season and that's okay. Mm. And I'm pretty good at that part of me is pretty good at being like, okay, we're done. And so for two out of three of those, it was like an, okay, like this is clear we're done. And we actually don't need to have this long drawn out discussion. And should we make this work? And all this, all this stuff, it was clear to me on an energetic level. And then the one, um, I knew it was a call for me to step up and to actually be a better communicator and to be more consistent. And I really felt the call to do that because my connection with this person was of value. Like I really wanted to deepen our friendship. So I think when we're kind of confronted with these moments, especially in friendship, we have to come back to, okay, how does this feel? Like does this feel like an opportunity for growth? And if it's not clear, you don't need to make any sudden moves, sudden decisions. Mm -hmm. You can kind of be with it. And I think any good friend will allow for that space and that time. Sometimes a pause is much needed. So asking for like, let's take a pause and come back together. You know, it's, it's kind of like a, it's like a next level thing that I think makes people feel a type of way, but it's actually kind of a relief because then you both get to just come out of the heightened state of emotion and come back to a little bit more of that neutrality. 
This season of Reconditioned is made possible thanks to Hifas Terra, and I'm a little bit obsessed with them and I want to tell you why. So if you follow me on social media, you'll know I talk about mushrooms a fair bit. Yes, I am that wild and no, not the psychedelic kind. Not this time anyway. I've known about the crazy health benefits of medicinal mushrooms for a while, especially after watching Fantastic Fungi on Netflix, but I never found a brand that I fully trusted. And then I came across Hifas Terra, and I am not exaggerating when I say it has been life-changing. They have medicinal mushroom products to support autoimmune diseases, allergies, hormonal imbalances, gut health, brain function, emotional well-being, musculoskeletal issues, the list is endless. And because they're one of the few mycotherapy companies to actually carry out clinical trials on their products, they've been able to develop their Onco range, specifically for cancer. And potentially my favorite, they have products for children's immune systems and the gut-brain axis. Great for ADHD, sensory issues, and gut support. These have got my kids through this winter of illness and they've made a huge difference to my son's sensory challenges. I'm swearing by them. Hifastaterra mushrooms are not only certified organic, but they use the fruiting body of the mushroom as opposed to the root, which even the so-called top mycotherapy companies are not doing because it's more time consuming and more expensive, but Hifas are. Spoiler, you get more benefits from the fruiting body, which is one of the reasons Hifas products are more effective. The concentration and content of their products are also much higher than standard brands, and the company are constantly striving for quality, effectiveness, and safety, putting over 60% of their profits back into research. These products have changed my life, and I want you all to have access to this level of healing. So visit hifasdaterra.co.uk, that's H-I-F-A-S-D-A-T-E-R-R-A.co.uk, and use code Lauren15 for 15% discount. Thank you so much to Hifas Terra. Yeah, I literally had that for like a year and a half with my oldest, oldest friend. We've been friends since we were two. And it was just something was off. And, you know, she, she has now since since told me that my, and, and this is something that both of you can probably speak to. I reckon you've both been through this. When you're on a journey of growth, the people that were your friends before, when you step into your authenticity, to them, it looks like inauthenticity. They're like, who does she think she is now? And like, well, doing all this stuff. And I remember her when she was like doing coke off a club toilet, like, you know, <laughs> um, truly hands up, you know, <laughs> I've, you know, and, and, and that's really tough. So this friend was like, and she admitted like she couldn't see me for who I now was. She was able to see me because we grew up and like I was the sick one and she was like the figure skater. And there was always this, you know, I, I don't know, like she was this smart one and I was never seen seen as smart. Um, I do see myself as smart now um, very much. So but it was like this it, almost like a competition we hadn't acknowledged. And she came to this and she needed a pause. And it was a year and a half pause. And my husband, Daniel, kept saying to me, okay, like, it's done. Like, why are you still talking about it? Because men can do that sometimes, right? When they're in that masculine, like the logic, the pragmatism, the very masculine energy. And I'm like, no, this one's different. It's not like the other ones that I was able to let go because I knew deep down in my heart that I had to shed that. This There's no shedding process here. 
like something I she's got to do her thing and now we've both gone on a huge journey of growth separately and now we've come back together so much stronger and and it's beautiful because we are saying things to each other we never would have said and admitting things to each other that before we had that ego around like we didn't want to admit our faults and our flaws and now we're like it's all out on the table you know more than probably we would do with anyone else and there's so much beauty in that yeah that's incredibly powerful and I just on the point of your authenticity will look like inauthenticity to some I think that is so true and so powerful and you know Gabor Mate, Dr. Gabor Mate talks a lot about authenticity and attachment. And, Mm. you know, when we have the option for, for either, we're always going to go with attachment. And that's what happens a lot of times in relationships is our desire, desire to feel safe, our desire to feel needed or desire to feel loved will always trump our ability to be authentic to ourselves. And when we're in these relationships with people that have known us for a really long time, we can kind of be playing out these dynamics that are keeping us small and that are keeping out, us out of our true authenticity in life and our true like calling and true evolution. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I so many, that down. that's a quote, that's a quote, quote, quote. You I did too. Like that. What the Gabo Mate one? No, no. What you said. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I've always, <clears throat> I I've actually done um, Instagram posts about this because I have found it myself. And I know that a lot of my friends that are now, like I have a beautiful tribe of, I kind of hate that word now it's just so overused but like a beautiful community of like-minded women and we have our whatsapp group and we you know we meet up all the time and we all live local to each other most of us well, one's in California actually one's in South Africa but um it's beautiful and we often talk about like our other friends that we you know so I, I'm quite fortunate like I live in my own echo chamber most people are like that I associate with now are kind of like-minded but there is this feeling of them not accepting who you have become as you've evolved. Cause like you say, we try to keep and not intentionally, Krista, you've said this, like we try to keep each other small, not intentionally. It's just, we've been raised to go, you know, don't get too big for your boots and all that kind of stuff. And, and so we, we think that we shouldn't, we think that we should live in this place of smallness. And actually Krista, maybe like what you were saying about being around all these powerful women, there's so much growth in that because you have to then accept that it's okay for them to, to be good with where they're at with their power and that you can come to that too. Or you are there, but you know, as, as in you can be accepting totally. of yourself being in your own power. A hundred percent. Yep. I think this, like the fact that we are online now, you know, and people can consume your life from that vantage point I had. And I know Krista had this too, and I'm sure you had it as well, Lauren, like, people hearing things about your life or maybe just how you're feeling and what you're going through, hearing it on Instagram before hearing it from you directly. Mm -hmm. And I really had to sit with that, you know, like there is just a sign of the times that like, and, and who we are and what we do for a living where we are incredibly vulnerable and open both Mm -hmm. on the podcast and generally online. And I really had to like stand my ground because it made me feel a type of way. I was like, I felt bad. First of all, I didn't want them to feel like I had, you know, 
changed <laughs> or like I had, you know, neglected our personal relationship, but I also really had to stand in my truth that this is what I do, right. you know, and I really actually desire like your just acknowledgement of that and honoring of that. You don't have to like it all the time, but this is what I do. And this is what I've chosen. And, um, yeah, it, it's such an interesting experience now with Instagram and TikTok and all the things to navigate really personal relationships as well. Especially if you're choosing, you know, I am very open with everything I put out there. I've chosen to do that through my podcast, through Instagram as part of my purpose being helping people to heal. Um, you know, whatever that might mean for them physically, emotionally, spiritually, whatever it is, in order to do that, that comes through my own story of healing. So I'm very open, even down to kind of, you know, my journey into sacred sexuality, like all of it. So it's, there are obviously some things that are sacred to me that I do not share, but most things, right. And then when people approach me, they're like, oh, I saw that you did da da da. I'm almost angry that they know it, but I'm like, how can you be angry? You shared that with them, (laughs) but it's like people, mums at the school gates. who I don't even know. They're like, Oh, I saw your, your house renovations look so nice. And I'm like, what? Oh, <laughs> I know. Isn't that funny? That feeling of just like, shut up. <laughs> you did it to yourself, but still, I don't want you telling me that. <laughs> it's so weird. Cause you share, you're like, I want people to see and be impacted by my work. And then people see and are impacted by your work. And you're like, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> so true. Exactly. I think what I did, what, what I've done recently, I think with the separation that I feel really proud of is like, I think what I was doing previous and this is, it was in contrast to what I was doing previously. So previously I would share anything and everything online. I would really be in process with what I was going through and sharing vulnerably from the heart, which is really beautiful. And I, you know, love that part of me, but what I was doing was sharing and processing really publicly with the audience before I was sharing and processing with people that I loved. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't giving, you know, my intimate relationships, the opportunity to be there with me and be with me in my process and to support me as I was going through things. So it was really giving me this false sense of intimacy you know, I was thinking that I was intimate with people and that I was being honest, but it actually wasn't, you know, it's like I was speaking into the void. And so with this situation that I recently went through, I prioritized being in conversation and making sure that the people that I loved and trusted were aware and kind of were with me in the process as much as they could be. And then the public was sort of the last to know, you know, the public was like the last, it should be, uh, yeah, the last of it all, because I also wanted it to feel clean. I didn't want it to feel like there was anything, um, um, any, yeah, any funky energy that you can sometimes have when you're sharing something like that, where it can be like, oh, I want attention. I want people to think I'm the victim. I want, you know, whatever the thing is, I wanted it to be super clean and super honest. I think that's key, isn't it? That you, that we have to, and I say like our generation had it the hardest because we were thrown into social media with no social media etiquette training. I feel like, you know, the younger, like teenagers today, they kind of know what they shouldn't share. They've come in, like we got thrown in, in like our twenties. And I remember, and I've said this before in the podcast, like 15 years ago, being on Facebook and shouting from the rooftops about like conventional healthcare and all these things that were a massive part of what I was trying to what I was learning and was a part of my growth journey, but I was shouting about it so angrily 
that I was just repelling people from this message because I had no idea how to actually share that with compassion and with grace. And so I think what you've said is key. We have to process first. We have to heal first. And then we can share in a way that is more authentic, more genuine, more graceful from that place of having processed it ourselves internally. Otherwise, like you say, it's just messy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's just funky energy that comes from other people, funky energy that Mm. comes from you. And it really puts you in this sort of weird relationship with your audience where I, I, I saw this one influencer kind of sharing very vulnerably in process and it was, it's beautiful in a way, but a part of me was like, oh, they're going to their audience to fulfill this need for acceptance or fulfill this need for, um, validation or whatever it is. And then your audience, I just felt really uncomfortable with the energetics of them kind of giving her that thing, feeding her when Mm -hmm. we should really figure out how to feed ourselves. And I didn't want to be in that relationship with my audience. I want them to be sovereign and I want them to feel, you know, I don't want them to be feeding, feeding me with their energy, you know, whenever we're sort of like connecting on social media. So true. I want to touch with you both on spirituality because I mean, even that word, it's like, but let's just use that word. (laughs) We're all spiritual beings living this human experience. Um, Have you always both been within that world of spirituality? Were you raised with it? Is it something that's evolved for you? Lindsay, can you speak to that? Yeah, it's definitely evolved. You know, both Krista and I grew up Catholic. Um, Before I was Catholic, we kind of bopped around different like Christian churches, but then I went to an all girls private Catholic school and I converted and so it is. Um, <laughs> but I never really connected with the religion itself and just all of the rules and expectations around it. It always felt, um, I was actually reflecting on this the other day. I was thinking about my experience in that all girls school and just like the, the energy that I would feel on a regular basis, but didn't really know what that was. Um, Cause I didn't have an awareness of energy at that time, but how it was lifeless, you know, there was not a lot of life in it. And, you know, what I've realized is that, you know, my understanding of spirituality and being faith-filled, yes, it involves God for sure. Um, have definitely reconnected and redefined my relationship with God, but there's just so much more life and it's so much more dynamic than I ever thought it could be, um, because of all the rules that I grew up with. So for me, it's just been this journey, honestly, since I moved to LA and then now back to New York, um, of not only discovering and getting to know who I really am on a soul level, but understanding um, my relationship and also how I reflect God in my day to day. So all that to say, you know, it's like a literal day to day thing. And I, I just love those moments when I'm feeling like I should have the answers and I should know the path forward. And when that anxiety comes up during a season of like great challenge, I really am so grateful that I'm at a place now where I can give it over to God you know, and feel really at peace with that, um, and continue living, actually living my life and watching 
God do his thing. And it's just been so cool. Krista, what about you? Mm. Repeat the question. I was so <laughs> caught up in God. I was like, I just love, <laughs> I love when we rip on God. It's just so good. I'm like, I yes. Know. Well, we're talking about spirituality and, and, and just to kind of go into what you've said, Lindsay, I, I work with a shaman, um, a Yaki shaman. He's based in Sedona and he said, well, everything he says is profound, but something that, that really, um, spoke to me in terms of like spirituality versus religion. So I was raised Jewish and my, my family are Jewish and there is so much sacredness in honoring the ancestors while also knowing, and the lessons that the ancestors have passed down to us consciously and through our DNA, honoring them, honoring their journeys, while still knowing that so much of what they did and chose to do was based on a level of oppression and power and we can honor the ancestors while viewing it from what God actually is, what spirituality, religion actually is, which is love for all and be able to see ourselves as these spiritual cosmic beings living this human experience. And I love that because I've always felt a deep connection with my Israeli Moroccan Jewish roots, uh, such a rich culture that I've been raised in. You know, my dad is Moroccan. He he only left Morocco when he was 20, my whole family lives in Israel, you know, with this kind of deep Moroccan Israeli culture. And I feel so connected to it. And at the same time, have a lot of disputes, like internal disputes about um, the beliefs and the, the customs and so many of the things. But I'm not in dispute with myself anymore, because I'm just, I just understand what it is for them, and why it had to be like that for them. But then I can kind of take the culture and the beauty of the culture and then evolve that into less about the power and the laws and the and more into honoring the culture and the beauty of that while really kind of settling into what God actually means. Yeah, that's a beautiful explanation of the journey that I think a lot of people go on. And I think the way that it happens naturally. So you have that moment where you're kind of growing up in the space. It feels like it doesn't fully fit, but you don't really know why. And then you might have a period where you're like, this is not for me. You know, I'm kind of, I remember in high school, I wasn't like atheist or anything, but I was definitely, um, I definitely had like some beef with God. Like I was like, oh, this is what, you know, you're kind of in that very linear thinking where if God didn't give me everything that I wanted, does God exist? Mm -hmm. And you have to kind of leave the nest almost, you know, you have to leave um, your beliefs and really kind of wipe the slate clean of what you've been told God is or religion is or spirituality is or connection is to source. And then you have to figure out in your journey to come back to it. And I think a lot of my journey, you know, started with um, going outside, you know, it was finding the healers and finding the teachers and finding getting the readings and doing the things. And, you know, it was doing the things of spirituality. There are many practices of spirituality or climbing the spiritual mountain, you know, it was something to do. And then now it's been beautiful because it's kind of stripping away, you know, it's doing less, it's kind of connecting more with nature. It's, it's basically being more in the human experience than it is being out of it, which is what I spent a lot of time doing is being out of the human experience with it all. 
And I'm so grateful that, you know, Lindsay and I have both have God at the foundation of, of who we are and what we do in our relationship. And I know whenever I say the word God, there's like a little bell that rings in the unseen world and everyone spirits around me kind of look, they're like, Oh God. Cause when you say God, it's like a purifying element where some people can get really activated and triggered by it. And I don't think everyone, you know, needs to have the relationship with God, the creator, the sustainer that I do, but, um, I really just impose for people to find whatever their foundation for their life and the foundation that gives them faith and gives them a reason for being and gives them hope because it is the most relaxing feeling in the world, you know, to know that you're not the only one that's the driving force of your life. You're not the only one responsible for the success of your life is the best feeling ever. And whatever that is for you, if it's the universe, if it's Allah, you know, whatever it is, just finding a place to rest you know, your human experience and your human woes and be held by something eternally. There's really nothing better. I love it because you, you do the Course in Miracles, don't you? You've done a lot with that. So my my healer teaches the Course in Miracles and the and journey work. And she said that to me last year and it, it really shifted everything in me. She said, Lauren, do you feel like you're running your business alone? Forget your mm-hmm. team. Do you feel like you're running it alone and you'll have your success is based on you? And even though like I teach manifestation, I teach energy. And at that point I was like, yeah, I forgot that actually I'm totally supported. I don't need to do it alone, but I need to remember that. And I I need to call that energy in. And that was so revelatory. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, I don't have to do this alone. I'm supported. Yeah, I think in, in relationships, I also had that revelation where I was like, you know, because I'm now someone that is out of relationship and I'm at an age where children is something that I have always wanted and it's always been on my path. And, you know, I was thinking, and I'm so grateful that God or my higher self dropped it in where it's like, you know, it's not just your destiny, it's your partner's destiny. It's your child's destiny. And it really helped me to take a lot of the weight off my shoulder to be like, oh my God, it's not just me. I don't have to make anything happen. I have other beings that have destinies with me that are going to co-create this experience that also have responsibility for making it happen. And when you take off that responsibility that we think it's everything we have to do, we have to do everything by ourselves. Life just gets so much better and easier and so much like less stressful. I love that. What you just said about the destiny of the other beings. I think so many people listening will just swallow that all up mm-hmm. um I want to talk about your darkness journey before we end um because I'm so intrigued my husband really wants to do it I think I would do it <laughs> I'm just um still in that state of thinking about it but um can you tell us what it is and why you chose to do it and I'd love for you to if you want to share go into a little bit of what came up for you um, what you took from it. Yeah. So a darkness retreat is, um, spending a certain amount of time in absolute black. It's not, you know, just a dark room with a little bit of light. It's not a skylight. It's absolute pitch black. So it's sensory deprivation on a level that I've never experienced. And this one was in the middle of Oregon in a cave. They feed you. So you get food every day, Um, but you don't have any contact with anyone else. You don't have any devices and you're in a small room with a bathroom and a bathtub and a bed. And so I did this at the end of my relationship really as that reset, you know, that energetic reset and that 
time and space for me to grieve their relationship. Just like you were talking about the butterfly and the cocoon, it was my cocoon, you know, my energetic um, bath from everything that I had gone through in that year. And so it was four nights and three full days of this, of being alone with my thoughts, of being alone with myself in a way that I don't think I'll ever be able to experience again, unless I do a darkness retreat. I can think that we like to think that we're with ourselves um, a lot, but we actually don't spend a lot of time not stimulated. And so it was really hard at the beginning. You know, the first day I thought I was going to go insane. You know, I was like, why the heck am I here? Why do I have to learn through pain? Why do I do this to myself? Am I doing this for other people? Am I doing this to tell people I'm doing this? Why do I feel like I have to do these things? What is it about me that makes me kind of push the boundaries in this way. And then I let that be okay. And I let that be present. And I think one of the most beautiful things about the process was really allowing whatever was to come up to come up. And I think we say that a lot of times in our kind of jargon in the spiritual world, we're like, let whatever be, be. But when you're feeling rage towards your mother for something, or when you're feeling like you're going insane because you're so shame-filled that you would do something like this and share it publicly, you know, allowing that to be experienced and felt in its fullness and not identified with or not changed or not shifted is incredibly powerful. So it was a whole journey of feeling and experiencing and being and sleeping and resting and, you know, doing all the things. But I think the number one thing that I got out of it was, um, the learning and thought around um, how I see connection as love. You know, I'm someone that didn't have a lot of connection when I was really young and, um, you know, almost neglect in a way. And I've always seen connection with other as like my source and fuel for life. And so I would prioritize connection over anything. I would, I prioritize that attachment over my authenticity. And how can I really reshift and make connection a part of my life, but find my connection to myself or find my connection to the creator as the number one fuel and source for me over prioritizing connection with others all the time. And in the, um, in um, one of the Eastern traditions, they call it the hungry ghost. And a lot of us have a hungry ghost that is sort of running the ship or running the show. And this is a part of us that is never satisfied, a part of us that is really just creating these situations and scenarios like a hungry ghost. And my hungry ghost was hungry for connection. You know, it would do anything to be connected to people or feel loved by people or feel like I was in that energetic exchange with people. And so I was able to really work with that, but I wouldn't suggest it to a lot of people. I think it was the most psychologically challenging thing you could potentially do. Um, it's not easy. It's not glamorous. You know, it's not sexy. It's not cool. It's, it's you with you in the realest way, but it was incredibly transformational. So you're happy you did it. Oh yeah. I'm so yeah. happy. I think it's, well, that's the thing. It's, I remember I did this trip to Patagonia and they talked about, um, they talked about like delayed happiness and they were like, you know, there oftentimes there's so many things that we do that are miserable in the process, but in the end you're like, oh my God, I'm so glad I did that. Oh, yeah. You know, you're like, you go run a marathon and it's not fun to run a marathon ever, but you're like, at the end, you're like, I'm glad I did it. You know, there's like, but you're like, it's fun in your memory, even though it's not fun during. So it's fun for me to think about, but during I'm like, oh my God, get me out of here. One hour feels like four days. This is miserable. It's like cold swimming or my cold showers every day. Every single day, I dread getting in. And afterwards, mm -hmm. every single day, I feel better. And I'm glad I didn't have a hot shower. Yes. 
obviously exactly. that on steroids. But no. the cold shower is intense. I mean, you got to really be like, who's the boss here? My mind or, <laughs> you know, like, who's the boss? That's a hard one. Mm-hmm. So before we end, the last thing I, I kind of want to touch on is the power of intention. And you girls are so good about speaking about intention a lot and remaining in integrity with your intentions. And, you know, within your business, with the podcast, with kind of how you live your lives. And I just wonder, Lindsay, maybe you can speak to the, the power of intention, what that means for you. And for anyone listening who's, who's just heard everything we've spoken about about relationships, about finding ourselves, about spirituality, about darkness, about energetic deaths, and intention kind of umbrellas, all of those decisions we make. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Um, it always makes me us happy just to know that that's felt through our work. Mm. So I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, I learned about the power of intention from Dr. Wayne Dyer. Oh, yeah. classic. <laughs> um, and it was a concept at the time that I was like, okay, like I don't, okay. So like you set an intention and then everything's going to flow and it's fine and dandy. And I didn't really believe it on like a deep, deep level. And then I was in a session with my therapist, who's also incredibly spiritual and not of this earth. And she has this beautiful way of really distilling kind of these concepts that I am around in the work that we do and simplifying what it really is. And she was like, you know, all you need to do is set an intention. Like that's it. And that is the key. And I was like, oh, okay. And it really hit me in that moment, even after all of the reading and teaching that I had consumed, I was like, oh, and it really put the power back with me. And I think that's what I had been lacking in that season of my life. Um, and I think that that's what intention for me has, why it's been so powerful. And so whether it's to start the day before a conversation, before we do an interview with almost 30, before we have a phone call with a potential publisher partner, what have you, we are always setting intentions and, Anytime I consciously do that in a more mundane situation, say my intention in going into the grocery store is not only to get my necessary things, but I want like my intention is to be in awe or surprised by, or find something that I, I didn't know I needed, but will make my day. And it's opening up this possibility that I think creates just this joy and awe with life that a lot of us are missing because we either believe that we have to plan it down to the last detail, or we feel like we're just predestined and this is how my life is and everything's hard, but intention really opens up the possibility that, um, one, you are an incredible creator and two, that, you know, the universe, if we want to reference that is collaborating with you all the time. And so intention really kind of opens the door to both of those things. Perfect answer. (laughs) Beautiful. I love that. Yeah. I think intention is something that I think you always have to come back to. And 
I've really thought about intention around, you know, just the self-help work that I do or all the work that I do, where a lot of it, I was like doing it because I hated myself and I wanted to change myself. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, how can I do work or how can I eat or how can I speak in a way because I love myself, you know, and that means that I'm eating more intentionally or slowly. It's not, I'm restricting because I need to look a certain way. It's like, I'm going to eat really well because I love my body. You know, I'm going to speak really kindly to my body, not because I want it to change, but because I love it the way it is. And I think when we bring the intention, it can really help us marry the subconscious and the conscious. So we can look at the subconscious and be like, what is actually the energy that is happening here? Is it gripping? Is it fear? Is it you know, separation, what is it? And then bring that more to the conscious mind of like, oh, I'm actually taking these courses because I want to be more successful because I don't think I'm successful. And then how can we find a place where it's like, maybe it's not even courses, you know, what kind of work can I do to be, feel more successful in general, because I have that intention to feel successful. So I think it's going to be different for everyone and it happens moment to moment. But my exploration with intention has been just really exploring like the subconscious and exploring what's happening in my subconscious when I'm doing things or when I'm acting or when I'm being so that I can make sure that I bring it more in alignment to what I actually want to create and not what I'm trying to avoid or trying to um, run from. I love that. And I love that you brought up the kind of body positivity side of it or, you know, body image side of it, because I say this all the time, you know, and, and I, you know, very controversial topic that I've started discussing as someone who's spent, you know, my whole life towards health, towards well-being going, you know, we're, we're and this is controversial, but I'm going to go there. You know, we're talking about honoring our bodies and now we're going we had this like in the 90s this heroin chic thing and now we've gone over to the other side and being body positive to the extreme of actually not honoring our bodies because because if someone is grossly underweight or grossly overweight neither of those things are particularly honoring if they're not aligned with our truth and so it's about the intention of why are we like what is our purpose behind this? And like, what are we going to be okay with? And how are we, you know, like I've, I've struggled with, you know, kind of body image and all that my whole life, you know, and it's been such a journey. And in coming to this place of wellness, it's, it's not about how thin I can get, how it's not about any of that. It's about how am I honoring my body? And when we're honoring or making or normalizing any extreme, I don't think there is an honoring or a reverence for the body in that. And, and I know that I've taken that way further from <laughs> what you've actually discussed, but I'm glad that you brought that up in terms of intention. Yeah. The body conversation is, is huge. You know, it's our physical vehicle for this spiritual experience and mm. it's such a conversation topic around what it should look like, what everyone looks like, what should I eat? You know, it's just, especially with social media, because it's this portal to look mm. with our eyes at things we sort of create such narrative and conversation around something that is so sacred and is so special. And we just spend so much time like in that type of conversation, like what's too thin, what's too, you know what I mean? It's like, right. 
and everyone is just so different and everyone's experience is so different, but I've tried to unhook myself from a lot of that conversation and a lot of that narrative because it can just be incredibly exhaust, exhausting. And then you're mm-hmm. kind of trying to fit yourself into a, someone else's box or someone else's idea or even someone else's body essentially. Right. Yeah, totally. And I think it's just about kind of honoring the body, whatever that looks like for you and however your body ends up looking when you are truly honoring it, that's okay. You know, that is more than that is that is everything. But it's when there's no honoring of it. And it's like, hey, you know, we're gonna just normalize this, whatever extreme it is, because we should be normalizing body positivity. That for me is not body positivity. There's no there's no intention of reverence behind that. Um, okay, I could I mean I've got a million more questions and I could talk to you for years. Maybe we'll just do another one at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but to end, we we um I do a segment called All About You, um, which is just a little rapid fire round. So how about we do kind of one each and you guys can like psychically decide who's doing which. <laughs> um the first one is always the same, and it's wellness is. <laughs> that wasn't psychic. psychic. That was psychic. That was totally psychic. <laughs> that was um, very psychic. <laughs> for the hard is- one. I was like, oh. <laughs> wellness for me is like ever revealing itself. Um, I think especially because of the world that we um are in, Krista and I, where we have access to so much information, so many experiences, all the things. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I've had to get really, really clear about what wellness is to me right now and not just about hopping on the latest trend or doing what Mm. everyone's doing. And I think the most fun part of this wellness journey has been discovering the things that maybe no one would agree (laughs) feels like wellness, but just finding that deep, deep, deep understanding within myself and knowing that ah, this makes me well, like this makes me well on a mental, physical, spiritual level. Um, and those are the things that I hold really close and don't feel like I have to explain or share too much. (laughs) It's the same for me that well, you know, sometimes wellness is laughter. Sometimes wellness is going and just having the chocolate with a friend because like you're so present with that chocolate and, you know, you're honoring the feeling that it's given you if you're eating it with intention. And sometimes that is wellness. Absolutely. Okay. Best practices for deepening your connection to spirituality. Putting down your phone. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Being quiet making the effort. I think people just spin and spin. They're like, how do I be more spiritual? How do I deepen my connection? It's like just taking all of that energy and actually putting down your phone and sitting with yourself. One of my favorite practices is to uh, drive my car in silence. So I think oftentimes we desire and crave silence. Um, And it's not, you know, the most relaxing because we have such a visual stimulation and our nervous system is still aroused. But it just provides me a space to really contemplate and sort of let things digest and really let things integrate or be. Um, so finding silence, turning off your phone and actually making space for it. So carving out 30 minutes of your schedule to be like, this is my spiritual time, whatever that means. If it means, you know, playing with tarot, if it means journaling, if it means reading a spiritual book, 
if it means um, being in nature, whatever that definition is, making it a priority means making it a priority. Mm. A book that's had the most profound impact on you. I have so many, but a recent one that I was surprised by and that I feel like I will just hold close forever and ever is uh, The Creative Act by Rick Rubin. The simplicity of this book, the um, intuitive format, the channeling is just one that has like awakened that part of me that has like given me permission in my creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's applicable to anyone and everyone, even if you feel like you're not creative, you are. I haven't read that. I will have to put that on my list. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Something people get wrong about you. Let's see. I think, I don't know if this is my shadow or perception, but I think that I have such depth that I feel like but I feel like that's sometimes the only thing that's portrayed. So I think people would think I'm just way more serious than I probably am. You know, if you looked at my Instagram, you'd be like, what is this girl? Okay. (laughs) And I think I have so much more joy and levity than I think a lot of my writing or a lot of my work that is shared on social media would lead people to believe. So I think people think I'm a little bit more depressed than I actually am. (laughs) That was my answer, by the way, people don't realize I'm fun and I'm actually really fun. (laughs) I'm like, I swear I'm funny and cool. How do I tell you guys this? (laughs) I think it's like, maybe that's also sacred because it's saved for your closest connections, you know, and they get to experience. I can know a lot of my friends are like, I love this Lauren. This Lauren's so much fun. Like the Lauren that's had a glass of wine or the Lauren that, you know, whatever, just being out and just can get all kooky. Um, yeah. So I get that. Okay. Lastly, something you did or said in the past that you wish you didn't. It's, it's interesting to think about like regretful things, you know, cause I kind of understand why that happened. Totally. You know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, um, there was a period of time in the, you know, the life of the podcast where I felt like I was sharing things that, um, yeah, put my family in a position of feeling uncomfortable, feeling, yeah, just kind of disrespected to be blunt. So, Mm. um, that really taught me a lot, you know, about what a real true connection with my family in particular looks like. And also it fortified, you know, this truth that like, I do have a very different job and there will be a transition period and a, um, evolution of what that looks like within the relationship with them. And, um, it's just been a refining ever since. And it it definitely was meant to happen because I kind of needed that like reality check with what I was sharing. Mm -hmm. So flippantly. Amazing ladies. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed every second of this exchange. Um, it's just been so fulfilling. Um, so thank you. And, um, I will put it in the show notes, obviously, but just let people know where they can find you. 
Yeah. Thank you for this. This has been incredible. And I think one of the marks of a good podcaster or interviewer is, you know, how good the guests feel after the conversation and how, um, I just felt really supported and I felt like this was such a free flowing conversation. So thank you for just the pleasure today. It's, it's been so great. Oh, I'm so glad. And, um, we're, so we're almost 30 podcasts on Instagram and TikTok. Um, it's three, zero, the numbers, and then almost 30.com for all of our courses and programs for our membership and morning microdose is our podcast. That is, you know, your morning dose of inspiration. It's uh clips from the podcast for five to 10 minutes each day. And I'm on Instagram at it's Krista. So I T S K R I S T A. And I'm at Lindsay Simsick, S-I-M-C-I-K. Amazing. Okay. Well, um, we're going to have to do this again because there's so mm-hmm. much I, <laughs> I want to delve into. Oh, we'll go even deeper. But until then, thank you, ladies. Thank you. Thank Lauren. you this so much, Lauren. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. Let us know when this is out. If you haven't yet heard, I have just released a free, yes, free journaling course. If you've always wanted to try journaling, but just don't know where to start, or you've been hearing how powerful journaling can be, but you just don't understand why, or you want to create a daily practice that enhances your life, but you just need a little support in doing that without it costing you anything, this course will do all that for you. It is packed with content that will show you just why journaling is important, how to do it, where to start, and how to make it work for you. It is completely free and that is as a way for me to pay it forward because journaling really is one of the most integral parts of my growth practice and I want to give that to you. All you have to do is click on the link in the show notes to get the course sent directly to your inbox. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Reconditioned. I am honestly so grateful to each and every person that tunes in. Thank you also for taking responsibility for your own well-being. You should know that just by choosing to listen to podcasts like this that further your well-being, you're moving more deeply into abundance consciousness. Now, don't forget, I have a bunch of free resources over at laurenvacneen.co.uk, as well as every recommendation you could ever need in regards to your well-being on the LV Recommends page, all categorized for your ease. Thank you also to our sponsors. These episodes would not be possible without them, so make sure to check them out and get some pretty awesome discounts on the show notes. And of course, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so that you can get updated each time a new one is released. Thank you. I appreciate Appreciate you. Reconditioned is proud to be working with Women for Women International, a charity that supports women survivors of war in eight war-torn countries around the world. You can help a woman survivor of war transform her life today by visiting womenforwomen.org.uk forward slash donate.